0: And welcome to ESPN's The Far Post Podcast. It's been a big week, friends, for Australian football. Obviously, we had a very big weekend of dub. We've had some fabulous, ridiculous Socceroos results. We are recording the day after the Ruse win over Denmark. So I am mentioning this as a warning, as an explanation. Um, we're tired, but we're powering through. We have dub takes and everything's going to be awesome. Um, obviously, we're going to try and keep things quick because we are coming to you quite late in the week. So, QuickPod is a good pod on occasion, so we can't wait, obviously, to talk some dub. Before we begin, though, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you have the girl boss herself, Angela Christian-Wilkes, me, very tired Marissa Lordanic, and live from her car, practicing safe driving, Anna Harrington. So girlies, I know we're, we're all tired, um, but let's talk some dub. We'll do a quick recap of our round two results. So we had Western United continuing their hot start to the season with a 4-1 victory over the Knicks. Brisbane and Canberra drew 1-1. Newey oh, four past the Wanderers. They found two of their own, but it was the Jets getting up 4-2 over the Wanderers. Sydney won the grand final rematch with a 2-0 victory over victory. That was funny. I like saying that. And Adelaide United, another team that has started hot and continued to stay hot, they beat Perth 1-0. So lots to talk about, lots of talking points. Because of timing once again, and obviously what part of the week we are in, we're going to be pretty, we're going to lean heavily into the segment we introduced last week, which was the Rondo. So we've come up with as many questions as we could possibly think of on limited sleep and with the minimal amount of brain cells that we currently um, possess. So let's talk about some of the big topics in the dub from this round. So we'll start off with western united and like i said they've started very very hot so far this season and jess mcdonald has been a huge part of that but the uh i suppose the problem always with these guest contracts is that they are only 7 games long so i pose the question to both of you but harry you can kick us off here are western united going to be able to Accommodate the imminent departure of Jess McDonald, or do you think it is going to affect them in a really negative way as we've seen in other kind of dub teams throughout the history of the comp?
1: It's an interesting one, right? I don't think it's going to be Lynn Williams at Wanderers esque um, impact, if that's what you're referring to. She's obviously been influential, netted in the first couple of games, but to be honest, I feel like Hannah King's really been the star of that um, Western United attack, obviously two goals on the weekend against the Knicks and was, to be honest, everywhere against victory. Um, and she was really the start. I, I mean, of course, it's going to have an impact. Jess McDonald's quality, she's a leader, she's um, so experienced and, you know, can just pop up at the right time and obviously a good finisher. But they've planned for this. They knew she was only ever going to be a, a guest player. Um, they almost thought in round one they wouldn't have her when her international transfer clearance just came through at the last minute, which is a very stressful uh, experience, I'm sure but yeah they they managed to hope you guys are enjoying this live from my car by the way safe driving on speaker um yeah they'll they'll be fine I think of course you're going to lose some of that quality but I think they're going to have to adapt They're hopefully they can get bring someone else in at some point get a little bit more quality in their attack they'll benefit from when um uh, Jackie Suzuki and Chloe Legazo can play more game time. I know that they're not forwards, but they obviously can offer a bit more punch. But yeah, of course, it's not going to be easy to replace, but I don't think it's going to be the sort of um, move that will derail their season by any means.
2: Is it a cop-out to say I agree with Anna? I'd, yeah, my, my thoughts exactly. I thought, um, yeah, Hannah King was my number one pick for player of the match um, in this in the Western Wellington game. And um, yeah, I think also fun thing that I noticed, all of their goals came from Americans, but they also, I was very impressed by Sydney Cummings as well. So I think they, in terms of the these early games and, and seeing what they're able to do, I think they're looking quite, they're looking like a good team as well. So um, yeah, I think it's, it should it should be fine. I do have questions about other teams that would potentially be very much impacted if they lost their American signings um obviously this is uh, an example of one where they can sort of plan for it as well so I, they'll be fine I, and I suppose with that um Western Sydney uh situation that we all know so well uh that was like, I think they anticipated having Lynn Williams, for example, for the whole of the season, and then she was gone and there was no capacity to kind of react to that when it happened. Um, so, and I think, yeah, the, the difference between Lynn Williams and the rest of the quality in that team as well is just, you know, there was a big gulf, whereas what we're seeing from Western United at the moment, um, I don't think there's that same gap in in talent. So, Yeah. I think that, yeah, that
0: should be fine.
2: But it will be, I'll be sad when she goes. I'm really enjoying watching her play.
0: I think that's always the the other part of just guest contracts that, like, I understand why they exist. I'm glad they exist. But also, most of the players that are coming on guest contracts, you want to see them for a full season. So I am sad that we won't get to see Jess McDonald for the entirety of the dub. But, um, yeah, obviously, also should preface that we are still in own we're still in week two. So all of these questions, like we're basing it on two games, one for some teams. So like, we know that there's going too early on some of the calls, but we need to make some content. So let's move on to another question. I cheekily tweeted this um, after the grand final rematch because I love to stir shit. So I ask you, Angela, why does Sydney love winning grand final rematches and not grand finals? I think,
2: I think just because like Sydney have, you know, they have a bit of a crush on me and they want to make, you know, they want to see me happy, you know, but they're breadcrumbing. They're breadcrumbing. So like through the season, they're like, (laughs) we will just like scatter some stuff here and there. So, you know, later off the chase and then, and then they lose in the grand final and I'm happy. So that's, that's the only logical conclusion. I'm sure i in saying that I should not be cocky as a victory fan right now <laughs> so, so, we're just, we don't need to well we probably will get into it but I'm just gonna not get into it right this minute
0: oh goodness Harrow some thoughts on the the grand final rematch seriously not my silly little uh, jokes
1: I mean I think it's clear it's all about Angela what else could it be Oops. um <laughs> I think it's a combination of when you look at Victory and when you look at um, at Sydney, the way they just tend to stack up during the season. Sydney are an exceptional regular season team. They um, are just a powerhouse in the regular season. I mean, the, the premiership quite sort of say as much, don't they? Um, but, yeah, the two seem to take a bit more time to get going. Sydney have been very good at, at keeping the same sort of group together and really maintaining some continuity, you know exactly how they're going to play, you know exactly the threats they've got and they've obviously picked up a couple of good recruits this year as well um, but yeah they do just take time to get their scraps and they've they've really not clicked the way they would have liked and I think they tend to, to to find form later in the season. I know that Sydney have beaten them or there was that draw as well last season and been able to secure the Premier's place but I think just it's maybe more of a how good a victory in big games. And it's not necessarily a slight on Sydney FC. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't necessarily answer anything. I, I feel like they are just in a, a better place than, than victory early days who still feel like they're clicking, getting things right, having an understrength defence. Um, and, yeah, obviously, victory lost Captain Zimmerman as well. I reckon she'll be out for a good couple of months. Uh, victory hoped to get her back before the end of the season. But, yeah, I don't know. Sydney are just really good <laughs> in the regular season. They consistently perform and I think that's that's just coming to the fore again.
0: They truly are the queens of consistency, but I'm really glad you mentioned mentioned Zimmerman there because that's basically the next question. What is the impact of Catherine Zimmerman's uh, fractured fibula on this victory team as you've just said, two games, two losses, things seem to be taking a little while to click and now all of a sudden they're missing a very key part of their attack. So how big is the impact of her her absence thanks to this injury?
1: Oh, It's huge. Um, I think she's scored 13 goals across the past two seasons. She can sort of score any type of goals. She can play out wide, can play centrally. She's mature, she's experienced, um, a really good head on on the field and Really unlucky, I think, a combination of a, a challenge. It wasn't necessarily a foul and the, that, maybe that artificial Turf at Chroma Park being a bit harder and not giving. She just sort of got her foot trapped under her and was pretty unlucky. But Victory Hope should be back before the end of the season. But, of course, it has an impact. Um, Melina Reyes is yet to, to sort of hit her straps as well. Um, BD Goe's not scoring goals just yet. It, it's going to have an impact. And they'll have to rejig a couple of things, you'd think. Um, obviously, uh, Markovsky's not back from injury yet either. So... Yeah, Victoria just seems to keep copying it. They will hope they will hope to get Leah Privatelli back this week, and she obviously brings that bit of grunt and aggression and speed and experience, which they really need. But, yeah, Zimmerman's class, right? You you can't replace that. But sometimes you, you just have to go, what to pull the cliché, a bit of next player up, right? They know they're not going to be with her for a while. Can a, a page voice step into attacking midfield and allow act to push further forward? Like, what things do they look at? It's going to be really interesting.
2: Yeah, look, concerning, very, very concerning. And I think just in terms of the depth in the squad, like the forward line is lacking the most signings and names at the moment, but also in terms of um, looking at the deficits in victory at the moment as well. They're just not able to, they're not, they don't have that attacking force that they did last season. I, I'm really noticing the absence of a Kara Cooney cross in particular. And so, yeah, it's, and Catherine Zimmerman's work rate is just so high as well, even when she's not scoring goals. Um, she's, she's creating a lot. So I just, yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's, um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's not good. That's in conclusion.
0: Too long didn't read, no good. Um, But I suppose the only kind of saving grace for victory is that this isn't occurring in a 14-round season. This is occurring in a 20-round season, so there is a slightly longer grace period for them to find replacements, get things into gear and all those kind of um, things and stuff. Let's move on to the Reds. They have started the season with two wins in their opening two games. This is the first time they have ever done that in the entire history of the W League slash A League women's. Are the Reds legit, I ask both of you?
1: Yeah, they yes. are. Yes. Absolutely. Aha. We agree. How good. Look what happens when Sam's not here.
0: Peace on earth. That Simpsons mean...
1: It's like that, yeah. yeah.
0: I was just gonna say, with mm-hmm. line home, Imagine a world without lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jokes, world without Sydney. Side is- yes, we we love you and we miss you and we hope you're having fun in dollar. Um, and the ruse don't make you cry too much. Um, on Impossible. Sunday. <laughs> well, they already like made her cry in a good way, so hopefully only happy tears from the ruse. But like, if either of you,
1: Oops. any,
0: if either sorry, of you, sorry, I, I will to- actually
1: elaborate. Re- please. Adelaide. They're super. They're, they are super. They haven't even got their attack clicking yet. And I spoke to Chelsea Dobber this week for our preview for AIT. Um, that'll come out before the game. And yeah, she basically said it's frustrating because they're not even killing games yet. They're not putting teams away. They're not scoring. Her and Fiona Wirtz aren't hitting those goal scoring heights just yet. Um, and they've obviously managed to stack their forward line even more. Um, Dylan Holmes, the, I guess, the hero on the weekend. Um, But yeah, it feels like they've solidified their defence a bit. We know what they can do in the midfield. They've beaten Sydney already. Them playing Western United this week's spicy. I love it. I'm really excited to see how Western stack up against a team that's really sort of informed to start the season and see if Adelaide can keep rolling on. It'll be their best start to a season ever. I think this might already be their best start to a season ever, but they'll improve upon it. It's really exciting. I feel like, yeah, I know it's very early to make these calls, but they should be the real deal. They've got every reason to believe they can do better having copped the, you know, I guess finals baptism of fire last year, their first experience of making the playoffs and sort of crashing out week one. They'll be hungry, strive to succeed players like Dorba, and Dylan Holmes want to put their names up in lights Matilda's wise. Yeah, I, I don't see why, unless, you know, they cop the classic, it seems to be a trend for Adelaide United women and men of losing a really good player mid-season. I feel like they can really contend.
2: And also the fact, like, two clean sheets as well is is massive, I think. I think just looking at all the results, like, they're the only team that's kept that, like, two clean sheets. Well, that makes sense. But, yeah, that's that's a big deal in terms of the... And that will be important, I think, in terms of the longer season and yeah, keep consistency because they can build up from this and and score more goals and that kind of thing. But I think it's harder, a little bit harder to kind of reverse it and and get better at tidying up the defense. And and yeah, so hopefully it might be not as exciting for them on the field at the moment to not be smashing teams. But um, and I'm not sure. I think they could they could get there, but I, I think I'm more interested in seeing them, yeah, carry that consistency through because that will be the big indicator um, as to whether, yeah, I think they can go through with finals as well. I, I Yeah, I want to change my um, predictions. Am <laughs> I allowed to do that? I think, yeah, Adelaide in the finals. Did I put Adelaide in the finals? Actually, I'd, never mind. I definitely like put I said,
1: Adelaide in the finals. I think, so
2: I. Yes. Did I did not. I did actually. That's embarrassing for me to be honest.
0: Yeah. You can go and check out our predictions on our Instagram and our TikTok at the Far Post Pod. There's a cheeky little plug for you. Um, but yeah, obviously, like Harrow just mentioned, uh, Western v Adelaide on the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that later in the pod because we are so close to the next round of the dub. But just a couple more um, questions on round two. So. Um, Obviously, lots of players are hitting some decent form early on in the season. Jess McDonald, like I said, has two in two. Hannah Keane was on fire for Western United. Uh, Larissa Crummer is another who has uh, two goals in two games. So obviously, my brain went to uh, her position in the Matildas. And based on her two goals in two games, do we think that she should be in the conversation for Matilda's starting goalkeeper? Because obviously, based on... What she's producing in the dub, any position but striker, makes sense, does it not, friends?
2: I I already laughed a lot at this earlier, so I feel like I'm not giving it the energy it deserves, <laughs> but that was a very good joke, Marissa. I appreciated it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, are you asking a genuine question about Larissa Crummer's? Uh, yes, we status should in actually squad?
0: genuinely talk about obviously we know the back end of her last season she did start to come into form which she obviously needed after the well documented horror run of injuries but if she does continue scoring goals doing more creating as well do we see her actually being used where she should be respectfully in the tillies yes i hope so i'd i
2: just i hope that if when she is in the my 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 dream is like for so her yeah, to play as a striker, if she is playing at all. I, I don't again, I don't want to be mean, but um, wouldn't it be funny if she had a really good dub season and then wasn't in the, no, that would not be funny. That would actually be quite, quite bad, but it, you never know.
1: Anyway, making no sense. Anna, help. I I agree, Rita the, the striker thing. I mean, it's interesting. I saw, I think, the Dub official account my have posted the stat that Grace Jale, I think, equaled Sam Kerr for the, like, I think six games in a row now that leads back to last season scoring. And um, Larissa Crummer was actually, I think, five on a five-game scoring run. And this is what we wanted to see from her, to be honest. Like, if they obviously rate her and her work ethic and her character, I don't think anyone can question Larissa Crummer's character after um, what she's been through to get her professional career back on track after that horror injury. But... It's been clear since, you know, sort of day dot, she's a forward and she's more like she's a, a number nine and she does offer something different. Um, like I, I think we have talked about when we discussed Matildas, um, I think there was legitimate queries over whether she should be in that um, in that squad just based on form and obviously based on just like over the off season, not really playing anywhere. I know Courtney Vine didn't, but she came off like electric form and a bit of proven form of Matildas. but. If, you know, all you can ask for is players go back to their club this season, the ones that are in the dub, is that they perform. And she's doing that. She's scoring goals. And yeah, I know they're not always going to be perfect and some will be tap-ins, but that's her job. That's a poacher's job. You look at um, I know they don't play the same way, but, you know, sometimes Jamie McLaren in the men's league doesn't put together the prettiest goals, but they're at the right time, right place. They all count, right? So yeah, I, I would love to see her get a genuine run as a striker. And then if she makes Matilda's squads so that she's used there, obviously not as a, a starting option, but as someone that you can have there, a bit of a, yeah, break glass sort of option. Like, you know, that's what she was looking on track to do before she had those injuries and got shuffled around at centre-back and those sorts of things. So you never know what continuity can do for a player. And I think we'll have a better idea of where she actually sits, maybe even midway through this season, when she's got a really consistent run of games. And to be honest, I think it would be good for her for it to be all about Larissa Crummer the player and her form rather than Larissa Crummer, the comeback story, because she's shown she can come back from, from injury and have an impact. And now I think she will just want to show that she can play at a really high level and start getting her career sort of back on, back on track. So yeah. And I think that's as a striker. I think that's as a defender.
2: Yeah. I, w- I wonder how she feels when she gets put in like defense and that kind of thing. It must be bizarre because she's such like we've, you said this. That she's such a striker. Like she's a striker. striker Then, I. But in that, in saying that as well, um, like her the two goals that she's um scored so far for Brisbane, they're kind of those deceptive ones where like y- you need to put them away. Or at least the first one was. It was a very Larissa Kramer goal. Um, and the second one, good finish. Uh, but I'm just intrigued as to how like that. How how she would fit in with the Matildas setup and yeah, what what kind of situations she would be brought on, um, in that regard because I don't necessarily see her even when she's at uh, in very good form as we've seen in the past. I don't necessarily see her as the most creative player or able to like pull things out of thin air. She's just really great at finishing those chances that you need to finish, um, and that does require, I think, reasonably good service. So it's it's interesting, but um. All in all, like someone in the like a, a Matilda's player doing well, succeeding, you love to see it. Like can't be can't be unhappy with that. So hopefully she keeps it up and she keeps mm-hmm. scoring goals. Um and yeah,
0: I think from I've got Ruse on the brain. So in terms of Larissa Crummer, my brain immediately went to just like Josh Kennedy's role for the Ruse, particularly like in World Cup qualifications and stuff where it was like bring on the tall bloke and kind of let him be a real number nine. So obviously they're not the same player. The the connection is that they're both very tall people, but I do think Larissa Crummer can be, if you need that real traditional number nine, tall target up forward, someone who can do those tap-ins like both of you were just describing, I think that, that's not a bad option to have in your attacking arsenal for the for the national team. And if she is able to add other things to her game as this season progresses, it's, it's only a good thing for Brisbane, obviously, and it's only a good thing for the Tillys. So um, we will watch with intrigue. One final question. Um, the Jets, 4-2 winners over the Wanderers. Sarah Griffith had an absolute day out, a perfect hat-trick. Um, One with the left, one with the right, one with her head. And Murphy Agnew was absolutely, you know, giving her great service um, to get those goals. Have they found a real kind of winning duo in these two Americans? Are we feeling slightly more positive about the Jets, I suppose is the the broader question here? Oh, man, there's
1: nothing more Newcastle Jets dub than... Uh, looking at the squad preseason and being like, hmm, what can they do? Can they do anything? And then they sign a bunch of Americans and a couple of them are really good. I think uh, Katie Stengel is a classic example. Um, And Megan Oyster. And and they shine and they prove a big difference and they can sort of rocket them up the ladder um, or up the table. Yeah, maybe. Um, It's hard to tell because we've only got one look at the Wanderers and it's hard to know where they're actually going to be sitting, um, especially once they can get Amy Harrison starting up a bit of a, a hip niggle. But it's really positive for the Jets. They needed someone to give them a bit of firepower. They, they don't want to be so, like, Tara Andrews dependent, the tallest woman in Newcastle, who, I, when I was chatting to her at the A-League Women's Season launch, was not as tall as I was expecting. So maybe they're not that tall in Newcastle. Um, still, obviously, taller than me because I'm not tall. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, it, it's positive for Newcastle. That's what they needed. You need players who can score. They... I think a friend of the pod, George Clark, who I work with at AAP, was saying they um, haven't had back-to-back wins since 2019, I think. When Emily Van Egmond was maybe there, oh, I'll have to check that one. But it's been a while since they've had back-to-back wins, so they'll be feeling pretty good about themselves after getting four goals. it um, be interesting to see if their Americans can maintain the rage. But of course, if you get some quality imports, it just adds that bit more enthusiasm. They get back to the... The old number two uh sports ground this this week, which is really exciting for them back in UI after a week in Tamworth. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can, I guess, repeat the effort.
2: I I don't really have any takes on Yui. Um good good for them. But I do have an unrelated take that is well, slightly related. Tamworth, how pretty was well, such a pretty ground. Um, just wanted to ask what what was going on with Brisbane's ground this weekend. It looked like there was like a car park at one end where it looked like murder would happen. It just I really did not like that. And a friend of the pod, Tom, asked me specifically to give a boot to the line markings at um, what's the Sydney ground? I don't know. I'm thinking car park. Park. chroma park the line markings at chroma park so yes a mixed bag in terms of venues this weekend that's all i had to say thank you
0: it, it always is a mixed bag just my the stat i wanted yeah. to drop about the jets was that they've already scored a third of the goals they did last season in two games so
1: oh, cool. um
0: you know it, I take that as a positive. Whether they can maintain it, that's obviously a different question and one that we will learn the answer to as this dub season progresses.
1: Let Speaking of grounds brief, briefly, Marissa, uh, victory back at Fortress Epping. Fortress uh, Epping! I'm happy,
2: but also I'm like, we don't need any more injuries. So I really hope the surface is not like vintage... Fortress Epping surface. I, I hope it's... it was,
1: I uh, understand it. I think maybe switching the grass over at City Vista. Like either way, it was a, a surface thing at, at City Vista, which is oh. a shame because it was great for that for that round one game. So they've had to change the venues is my, is my understanding. So, yeah, um, hopefully Epping does the job. It's a shame because it is quite a way out of town for most people. And, yeah, a bit difficult in that sense. But what can you do? So, yeah, welcome to Fortress Epping, Wellington.
0: The the Duburbs, they continue to reign supreme. Um, obviously, there's lots of really interesting games to look forward to this week, but I reckon we will focus on the most interesting, the most spicy, as Anna dubbed it, Adelaide v Western United. Both teams are currently undefeated, two wins from two games. Is someone maintaining that undefeated streak? And if so, whom, Stanner?
1: I think it's Adelaide United because I'm really uh, bullish on them this season. Um, I think Western are good and they've been really disciplined team-wise um, and defended really well. But I feel like this is the week Adelaide's forwards might click. And I'm not saying that means it's going to be a heavy win or anything. I just think they might be a bit more clinical, playing, in, playing at home. Uh, Western obviously coming off a trip to Wellington. So I reckon this may well be the week where they get brought back to earth. Just a little bit, not in a dramatic way. But they just get that
2: little little reset. Yeah, I think Adelaide can do it, and I feel like it's going to be their Western's like first substantial, I guess, challenge. um, Into like and having to break down a team with that much experience playing with one another as well. um, I think is the the big difference between the two. So, um, and also, yeah, Adelaide's midfield a class as well so in terms of players like Holmes and, and that kind of thing so the matchups there will be really interesting so yeah I think um I'm Adelaide
0: all the way I think that's a clean sweep of Adelaide to be honest not because Western United aren't good I think I think it's going to be a really close entertaining game I think they're going to be really well matched I just think Adelaide are gonna come out on top. And the fact that they were able to win last week without Fiona Wirtz, she's been ruled out again this week. Um, I just think if if they can learn to, you know, continue kind of winning and scoring without her, they're only gonna be better once she comes back. So um, yeah, feeling really positive about the Reds. Uh, quick boots. The camera setup in the Perth v. Adelaide game, it was like watching Shadows. Do football and I hated it. It was bad. Sorted out Macedonia Park, a big boot from me personally. Um, sorry, I got really angry. I, I about feel it. like
1: it's a it's a difficult one, right? With the um, must be something to do with the light and the time of the day. But I believe they could set up the stand. But yeah, that's frustrating. I'm sure it would have been frustrating for the league as well, and um, and everyone involved. So yeah, it's a. Uh, Yeah, hopefully
0: we don't see it again. It's a real classic of the boot genre, as is um, playing games in the middle of the day when it's hot. Uh, Brisbane coach Gareth McPherson after the game said, and I quote, having to stop a game every 15 minutes just to give them hydration so they don't collapse probably suggests it might be too hot to be playing professional sport. Speak your stuff, my guy. I agree, but again, these are real perennial problems of the dump of playing a summer competition sometimes i still don't think we've figured out the best way to play a summer comp but um yeah too many hydration b- uh, breaks boot because be,
1: be smarter be smarter at Yeah, I think, see, when i spoke to danny townsend um just at the season launch i asked about it because obviously it's a classic uh dub issue right the old uh, um, Arvo kickoff in the heat I and mean, you think it's going to be more into with Jan Feb and he did say as much as you know they want the simultaneous kickoff in the dub zone which I think it's a ripper product there is going to be room to move kickoffs and change things around um, and I think that's something they're obviously going to seriously have to look at um, so it's good to know that that is something that's on the table I think it has to be for player safety reasons and those sorts of things um, but I think I'm, with the sort of internal broadcast setup, I think that gives them that bit more flexibility in terms of shifting kickoff times and those sorts of things. So hopefully, um, yeah, we'll see that that sorted out as the season goes on.
0: Absolutely. And I just suppose, um, quick how good to DubZone. I watched it for the first time this weekend. didn't get to um, on the first weekend because we were getting blown away at City Vista uh, Recreation <laughs> Reserve. Um, but really... I quite enjoyed it. Don't know how you guys feel about it, but I quite I liked that I felt like I was across three games, even though I wasn't technically watching any of those three games in any great depth. So yeah, big big fan of Dubzone. How good.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of it too. I, I like a bit of innovation. I um, you know, not everyone realistically, unless you're maybe in the media or a real, real, real hardcore dub fan is going to be watching every game. Um, so I, I think the simultaneous kickoff can, can be good. Um, I imagine from a coverage point of view, every now and then it can be, can be difficult, but it's, um, yeah, in terms of the fan experience, which is the main thing, I, I reckon it's super. And I reckon that if you're at one game, it also gives you that opportunity to, to keep an eye on a couple of others that are going on sort of around the ground. So yeah, I think it should only get better as well as a product, um, you know, like it, like anything. Um, so yeah, super exciting. Any final thoughts, gang? Before we wrap this one up,
0: uh,
2: no, I'll take out.
0: I love it. We-, we both need some sleep. All of us need some sleep. I reckon it's going to be the the far post sleeping podcast. I was trying to make a joke with Z's, and my brain wasn't working fast enough um, to actually get it done. But the far bed post. There, the you far- go. there she is done. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, Let us know if you like these Rondo-heavy episodes. Let us know if you want us to go more in-depth on games one by one. We like and appreciate the feedback. You can find us at The Far Post Pod on all social media to share your thoughts, feelings, and opinions. As always, we are on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app. And Spotify, Apple, and Google, all the usual pod spots. If you do like what we do, please subscribe and leave a review saying nice things about us. But until next time, gurus, see you at the dub and Slayers.